Hey, this is Matt Spiegel, and on my podcast, The PBP, Voices of Baseball, we learn how the best broadcasters in the game, like the Reds' John Sadak, try to capture the greatness of the best players, like Ellie Dela Cruz. He's a video game character. I mean, he is so athletic, and I think each moment is its own living entity, and I try to just match whatever that moment is. The PBP, Voices of Baseball. We bring you the people who bring you the game. Find us on the Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. With the 49ers looking to smack around them sorry 12s. And you locked in with your man KC. But we got my main man, the butcher boy, Joe Shasky, the morning roast. Let's go. We about to turn this thing up. We about to turn this thing up, Damian. Let's this, go. This, this is why Kenny didn't tell me because I just could have left and let y'all. Can, Butch, Kenny been yelling at me since like 11.50 about this game. I ain't even doing nothing. I'm just here. I'm a broadcast journalist just trying to earn a dollar. And he comes in. We're getting ready to start the show. And then all of a sudden, Butch, his voice gets really good. I'm ready for this game. And he starts clapping and yelling. And we I'm like, playing. hey, I'm on your team. We ain't playing, man. It, uh, Joe, I don't, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. You know, during the week, I was pretty mild. Sometime yesterday afternoon, I start getting turned up, and I want I I I, this, this I want true. I want this one bad. This is I true. want this one bad. I want to backhand the hell out of Pete Carroll and those Seahawks. I want this one bad, Joe. What's going on, man? No, oh, what's up, boys? Uh, I got a brand new sweatshirt. It's like bedazzled. That's kind of I, I noticed I like that. that. That's that's like that's, that. that's hot. Let me show you the back of it. I like okay. that. Let let's, me see. What's going all right. On. Oh, oh yeah, we got the chips well, on there. Now, now we got wait the a chips minute. On there. Where are the the ten other championships that you said uh, okay. the 49ers But your boy will absolutely understand. I, I don't know if you've ever heard this, Joe. I yeah, I I've tell heard these your, people, your yeah, thing. They should have won. They got. They should have Super ten. Bowls. They should have ten. Yeah, at least yeah, he knows. But we don't. He okay. knows. That's yeah. fine. I I I I can't lie. I love the. No, that's fire. I love I love the that's front. Fire. The front. That, that is that's <laughs> that dope. Is fire. That's dope, Bush. That's good stuff right there. Yeah, man. So you let me tell you something. Like this is like. Something that I need in my life right now. New York Giants, Dallas Cowboys, Green Bay Packers, even the Minnesota Vikings. Like, depending on your age, those are, you know, your your primary rivals, right? In terms of the playoffs, the history of the 49ers. More recently, obviously, the Rams. Like, I'm going back to the, to the last 30 years or so. And obviously, last year, the Rams, big, big rivals. But for a lot of people that are in their 20s and 30s, the Seahawks is it. And think about it. Like, they put the stake through the heart of the 49ers. They ended Colin Kaepernick, essentially, right? Losing that game in the NFC Championship game. Ended Harbaugh. Pete Carroll rose to prominence. They win a Super Bowl. You don't. Bowman loses his, his left leg. Iopati's never the same. Frank Gore's never the same. Your defense basically gets shut down. They take over as the most dominant defense in the league. Russell Wilson wins the McDonald's commercial between him and Colin Kaepernick. He goes on like an eight, nine-year run. Like, Revenge is a dish best served cold. Well, guess what? It's going to be windy, rainy, and cold tomorrow, mm. and I'm here for it, and I'm ready to drive the steak right through the heart of Mr. Crooked Nose, the burglar, <laughs> a.k.a. Pete the Cheat Carroll. Let's go. Like, what are you waiting for? Let's go. That's what the hell I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. I think you guys are brothers. Like, I'm I'm, I'm going to investigate that your guys' family That's tree. That's my man's. Like, y'all, y'all, got that, you got, y'all got that same energy here today. Y'all got that same energy. Hey, he's spot on, though, man. Yeah, yeah I was gonna say he's he, spot on. He, doesn't mean he's wrong. <laughs> it's it it's time. Wrong. This this team, this Seahawks team and franchise, they have they have they they've they've owned the 49ers for the better part of the last ten to twelve yeah. years. You know, and and yeah. we've gone up there. We've gotten smacked around in Seattle. They've come down here. We always know talking about eating turkey on on the fifty yard line I and mean, all this other stuff. We know all that. All right. 
And now's the time for the get back. I think I think they know what's going on. They know what time it is. They're waiting for it. We need to give them what they're waiting for. Just a backhand. Yeah. You know, this this game's got everything that you want. It's got the two marquee head coaches, contrasting styles. One's the offensive young guy, the other is the grizzled 70-year-old defensive coordinator. One guy spent his life at the at the foot of his father, who was an NFL guy for life, right? Mm-hmm. Kyle under Mike. And then Pete went to the Niners originally, was a quality assistant control coach, and then worked his way up, went to the college ranks, won a national championship there, came back to the NFL after failing years before. And, like, they're just total contrast in styles, right? You know what I mean? Like, they really, really are. And then you look at what uh, Seattle's done. I thought they were done. Like, straight up, I thought they were going to be the fourth-place team in this division. I was wrong. I think we were all wrong. I thought Geno Smith – I liked him coming out of West Virginia. Mm -hmm. But, like, how many people – thought that Geno Smith would be the all-time single-season Seahawk passing leader. I didn't I didn't think that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. I thought DK was going to be up out of here. He ends up having a bounce-back season, Lockett and him. Kenneth Walker, Offensive Rookie of the Year. Like, there are so many things here that are coming to a head. I worry about this right here. The most lethal part of the 49ers, you can say the run game. I'm going to say the pass rush. Mm-hmm. I think it all starts with Nick Bosa. He's the most important player on this team. Go back to some of the other rainy games where they've really faltered. NFC Championship game 2011. The wet track negated their pass rush. Mm. Justin Smith, Alden Smith, all that front seven wasn't able to attack the way they could. Earlier this year, week one against the Bears, they couldn't attack Justin Fields the way they wanted to because of the slippery conditions. Mm. I'm worried the most potent part about this team, the pass rush, gets negated by the weather. Mm. Like, I'm legitimately worried. And then that opens things up down the field. We know the Achilles heel. It's the secondary, Casey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, no, straight up, straight up. I agree with you. Deomino Denami- Lenore uh, has struggled down the stretch. What right. do you What do you think about uh, Hufanga? Because I know a lot of people are saying, you know, he's you know been a weak link as of late, or whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. Uh, I know he's had a couple plays here and there, but I still think he's fine. I don't think he's much of a weak link. I look at the secondary like if a quarterback's the hardest position to play. All right. Gotcha. I think it's secondary. I think it's impossible to play DB in the modern NFL. These guys are freaks upon freaks. Try guarding DK Metcalf one play and then Tyler Lockett on the next. Mm. And you're supposed to stay with that guy for three, four, five seconds? Like, Mm. come on. So a guy takes one step the wrong way. The way the NFL is now, the precision, even someone like Geno, who's on his best day, what is he? The 11th best quarterback on his best day? Maybe mm-hmm. on, on a worst day, he's in the 20s somewhere. The precision. He made dime after dime after dime in the fourth quarter of that Rams game that they had to have. So if you take one step to the left, boom, I'm getting beat. And then I got a freak who, even if I underthrow it in DK, I'll just jump up, throw you to the side. Ah, I'm making that catch on you. I'm mossing you. I think DB's the hardest position in sports. That's just for me. Mm-hmm. Do I worry about them? Yes. Has Hufanga been excellent at times? Yes. Has he been bad at times? Absolutely. I look at it like a bullpen pitcher. The guy can be lights out for a month. What do we remember? Oh, the one pitch that he served up in the eighth inning of the last game that I saw him. So I think Hufanga has been really good for a young player, but his strength is not pass breaks down the field. He's mm. not Ed Reed. He's more of an in-the-box, instinctual guy. And sometimes those instincts are going to bite you when you take a hard step in and you think they're coming at you and the double move comes. And that's when you give up the big play. And that's where I worry about in a game like this. Mm. Two things on Ufunga, and you can call me a casual. Isn't he an all-pro? 
He's an all pro. He, he, he is. But that's where this is where Niner fans like we get caught up in the weeds on things like we want to talk about what a guy can't do instead of all the great things they can do. Mm-hmm. Like literally name the best at his position. <laughs> I, I just want to be clear what we're talking about. The man was named the best at his position. Right. Two. I'm, I'm with you. The man I'm wore a De'Aaron Fox jersey. Well, he with us. He's going to be just fine this weekend. That's family. He's going to be just fine this weekend. Light the beam. Y'all. Y'all can y'all can light 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 Levi's red if you want to. Uh, coming up this weekend, um, I think a lot We've of things. Painted the end zones red. There we go, red end zones. You know, you know, you is. won't believe this, Butch, but I've actually heard that. Yeah, <laughs> I've heard that. It's been it's been yelled at me now for two days, but I I, I I heard about the red end zones. You talked about the um, you know, the pass rush and the slippery conditions. I think that's another thing. You you go back to the the Chicago game, and that's well well pointed out and was well discussed at the time I think we're so far away from that butch and obviously weather conditions are weather conditions field conditions are field conditions but I've the fact that this team is already weather battle tested Mm. leads me to believe that whatever changes need to be made to uh, uh, eliminate that potentially being a fault whether it's deeper cleats whether it's changing whatever the case may be Mm. I think the same hiccups that this team has seen in the rain earlier in the season or perhaps even going back to just the Chicago game I don't think they're going to be there this weekend. Uh, I, I, I think the 49ers pass rush will be completely fine. And I'm with you in the sense, Butch, that's the difference in the game to me. Because I like Seattle significantly I more than the both of you do. And No, no. I, I think Seattle's covering the 10. Like, straight oh, okay. up. This is a divisional okay. game. Yeah, like yeah. I, this, this 10 number is ridiculous. Can we agree there? Like, that's a ridiculous number. I disagree. I'm going to tell you, Seattle, Seattle not good enough. And I'm going to tell you one of the things why they're not good enough. The rain and all this other stuff. What that does is that slows down the game as far as the running game, and that gives the defense a little bit of an advantage. Their defense ain't good enough to stop the 49ers running game. Not in the rain. They may, the def, their defense in general just isn't good enough. Like, it's not good enough to say. This ain't the LOB. LOB in the rain? Yeah, you ain't scoring nothing. You're not moving the ball. This ain't them. You can push them around on the line. You can push them around in the middle of the field with the linebackers. And by the time you get to that third level, I think they got problems. So that's before we even talk about Purdy and the passing game and Debo and Kittle and all this stuff. McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell are going to be a problem and for that's, the Seahawks. That's, 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 that was, sorry, Bush. That was just running through my no. head right there is yeah. Christian McCaffrey wasn't in Chicago. Didn't it no. rain in the first home game at, 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 at Levi's? Yes. Like, bit, uh, that was the game Trey got hurt. It rained. It stopped raining. They lost Elijah Mitchell the week prior. Wasn't around like, for that one. Like, no. Hey, Christian McCaffrey's the game changer for this team. Mm-hmm. So here, here's something that I keep thinking. And I'm trying to give healthy respect to the Seahawks because I, I unlike you, Casey, I, I think this is going to be a one-score game. I think mm-hmm. this is a field goal game. And that's why I worry about special teams. Like, oh. I, I just think that these division games are different. And we keep thinking that the Niners are just going to roll the ball out and out hit somebody. This is Burford's first playoff game. This is Jake Rendell's first playoff game. This is Banks's first playoff game. Those are important pieces in the middle of that offensive line. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I worry. A couple of pre-snap infractions, a couple of holds, negate big plays. You know, the Quandry Diggs interception um, Thursday night against Seattle, that's a big momentum, game-changing type of a play that gets negated because of a penalty. You know, that game could have played a, a, a numerous different ways. This is the first time Brock Purdy is going to have a second chance against the team. Mm-hmm. Then you got someone like Pete Carroll, who I, I just respect him as a coach. I think you're going to see different coverages to kind of confuse the rookie. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. This is not the personnel of the LOB. But, like, th- there's a lot on the Niner side that's new as well. Like, I know Debo's a superstar. Debo's been here, done that. I get all that. He's had a down year. You know, he's had a down year. Brock, the middle of this O-line, McGlinchey's up and down. 
I, I think this is going to be a lot closer than we want to admit. I hope not. The, the, ten, ten one-score games for Seattle this year. Mm, could have went either way. Um, two things to that. And once yes. again, I do have well, – I said this on Monday. The the respect – and no, this isn't disrespect. But I can't tell if you're serious when you do this. No, no. <laughs> I, I, I told you I was serious about this one. It's not disrespect to Geno and, and Kenneth Walker and Locker and Metcalf yeah. and all that, but I'm not as worried about them as I am about Pete Carroll. Right, Pete Carroll is has had a uh, under the radar because nobody even mentions him a coach of the year type of season oh. with what he did with this team that everybody yeah. talks about Dayball and nobody thought the Giants were going to be any good. I agree with you, Butch. I thought they were going to be a bottom two team in the league, and and, mm-hmm. and he's got them in the playoffs. So there's that. But I, I'll I'll say two things about that. Number one, all those guys that it's their first opportunity in the playoffs for the 49ers, it's the same thing on the other side. And they've got to go on the road in the trenches against the best defense in football. Gino ain't never been in a playoff game. Kenneth Walker ain't never been in a playoff game. That whole defense ain't never been in a playoff game. I don't even think, to be honest with you, I don't think they've seen half of what Kyle Shanahan has in the bag as far as misdirections and all that. He was, aside from the one touchdown that he did to McCaffrey on the double screen, he was pretty straightforward with them in Seattle. I think Kyle Well, they Shanahan, didn't have Debo. They didn't have That's Debo. That's another thing. Like, yeah. they didn't have Debo. I, I, uh, guys, I'm just, let's call it what it is. Debo carried this team in the playoffs last year. Mm-hmm. Like, Debo is, uh, we haven't seen anything close to what we saw last year with Debo. It was a really down year. I mean, he had under 1,000 all-purpose scrimmage yards. So my question to them is, like, does the rain affect how you're going to utilize McCaffrey and Debo simultaneously? Mm-hmm. Does that become more predictable? Do you yeah. get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Are, are you, you're not able to showcase all the things that you want to for the fear of the conditions being so bad. Remember that Colts game going back mm-hmm. last year mm-hmm. when Jimmy Garoppolo is like throwing up knuckleball, three flies up, passes into the end zone. Yeah. Some guys don't play well in the rain. Yeah. I don't know if Brock Purdy's one of those guys. Casey, I walked next to this guy at, at, at uh, training camp or whatever for the 49ers. He was tired. Like Jimmy's mm-hmm. tiny, right? And like NFL standards tiny. Okay. I'm not yeah. saying like Joe Shasky tiny. I'm talking NFL standards tiny. Brock Purdy is smaller both ways, height, weight, thickness, than Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. I, ugh, these rain games worry me, man. And I think it's going to be like we had a weather person on today. I think it's going to be bad. Mm. <laughs> well, that's one we haven't done. We haven't had Christina Warner <laughs> on the air to discuss the uh, the weather in San Francisco. That's tremendous. Yes, because that's, that's tremendous. I learned a lot. What, what did she say? But she said it's going to be bad before and after, but it may clear up during. Not clear up, but it won't rain as much during the game. Yeah, yeah, and and now it's changed even more. And she texted us like, "Oh, maybe the third quarter now." And I'm just like, <laughs> meteorologist, you guys all suck. Like, I mean, give me a break. Come on, just 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 tell me if it's raining or not. That's all I need to know. I mean, geez, Louise. No, guys, this is a big one. Like this, uh, here's another little element we were talking about today. Jim Harbaugh is someone that's beloved by a lot of 49er fans. He can do no wrong. Mm. Well, this would be Kyle's third trip into the playoffs. He has an opportunity to tie Jim Harbaugh with this win against the Seahawks. To me, there's some poetry there. Like he'd be the third tied for third winningest playoff coach in 49er playoff history. That's pretty cool. Seaford and Walsh with 10 wins. If Kyle can win Sunday, that's his fifth win. He'd go five and two in the playoffs. Mm. I don't know. That fascinates me. Mm. You're listening to D-Lo and KC along with Bubba Boy, Joe Shasky from 95.7 The Game in San Francisco on KIFM, West Sacramento, 98.5 FM, KRX, QHD2 Sacramento, ESPN 1320, driven by Lasher's Elk Grove Dodge, always live on the free Odyssey app. And before we get a text or a tweet, 
are meteorologists here in Sacramento. They don't miss. They don't miss. They okay. are never wrong. They don't miss. Shout out uh, Christina And Christina Warner, Warner is absolutely mm-hmm. in charge of the weather. Uh, <laughs> she determines whether it's So it's it not Andres Bedrins from the Free Throw Line. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> Shout out Andres. Um, you mentioned Kyle Shanahan a couple times, but this is a frequent discussion here with a number of people on our show. Coach of the year? I mean... I always struggle with what the criteria is for all of these like these awards because I I can view it no one, one way knows. and then absolutely go no completely what absolutely no one knows no one knows right? the criteria. It, it, it feels like this is like one of those like preseason expectations is baked into how I view you throughout the year. Like mm-hmm. if we were going excellence, I think uh, you know Sirianni has a ha- throws his name in the hat, right? Mm-hmm. Like obviously Andy Reid. I mean they got rid of Tyreek Hill for crying out loud, and they look better than ever. Like throw them into the mix. But then if you're going like, oh wow, you did the most with the least. Well Brian Dayball, or you can say you know Mike Tomlin or Pete Carroll or something like that. I look at it as excellence mixed in with what adversity did you overcome? If those are your criteria, excellence, Shanahan's close to being excellent. Look at what he's overcome. Look who's playing career-level football right now. Kittle, McCaffrey, Juice, Mm. Brock Purdy, are you kidding me? Trent Williams, like Ayuk. Like, there's a case to be made. Nick Bosa, there's a case to be made. This is the best team. Shanahan's put together, and that's the wild sentence. Yeah, no, the roster is stacked. The the only (laughs) to me, the only wild card is, and I told Damian this earlier in the week is Brock Purdy, and not because of what I've seen. What I've seen, I love. I absolutely love. Like he he has shown me nothing that if we're just going off his play, that I would be concerned about going into these playoffs with him. The thing that I'm concerned of concerned about is. He's still the last pick in the draft. <laughs> he still only played six NFL games. And I'm just sitting here waiting for the other shoe to fall in this situation. And I don't know when it's going to be. It may not happen in this 12th season. He may play great. I don't know. It may happen in the NFC Championship game or the Super Bowl. Or it could happen Saturday. But I, that's what has me on edge the most is just not knowing if and when that other shoe is going to fall with Brock Purdy. It's the most fair thing you can say. We can all agree, guys, right? Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, Steve Young, these are all-time legends, right? Like, whether you got them 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, you know, 11 through 15, these are some of the greatest quarterbacks ever. Their careers are littered with postseason disappointment. Like, one and done, duds, left and right. The greatest quarterback of this era, in my estimation right now, like, in terms of talent, is Patrick Mahomes. I think he's got the most talent of anyone. He had three turnovers in that AFC Championship game in the second half alone and had a dud. Those happen. Duds happen. Situations happen. Joe Montana threw three interceptions in the NFC Championship game. Does anyone ever bring that up? No, because Dwight Clark made a sick catch at the end of the game, and then their defense got a stop and a fumble at the 50-yard line. No one remembers that. Uh, Obviously, Jimmy Garoppolo has had some rough playoff moments, and they've been able to overcome it. Can they overcome a Brock two, three, four turnover game? You know the Niners are four versus zero in terms of the turnover department in the two games combined against Seattle. What if that flips? What if they give the ball up one or two times and Seattle doesn't? What if Pete Carroll decides to run a crazy um, you know, special teams play like he did last year with Travis Homer where they didn't even touch him and he went untouched for 80 yards? Like You know the old gunslinger Pete is going to have something on special teams. When they lost the NFC Championship game to the New York Giants, Kyle Williams, two fumbles, not one, two fumbles mm-hmm. on special teams. 
Weird stuff happens. What happens if the kid falls behind 14 points and you can't throw? Like Trey Lance in the fourth quarter against the Bears and the and the weather's so bad. Like, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. The other thing is, and no one wants to bring this up, he doesn't throw to one side of the field. If you don't think the advanced analytics and these smart defensive coordinators and someone who's astute as, as Pete Carroll doesn't know that, mm-hmm. I'm worried that maybe they find those tendencies and they exploit it for one or two big plays. And that's all the difference in these playoff games. If the 49ers lose in this postseason, I don't think it's going to be because Brock Purdy. Because wow. I don't think Kyle Shanahan is going to put Brock Purdy in a situation where he's winning or losing this game. If he's having some shaking moments – I think you get the old Mike Brown early timeout. You get pulled aside. Mm-hmm. Hey, Kittle two yards out. Debo on the slant one yard out. We're not asking you to do anything crazy. And I think that's something that we talked about in game. We stopped talking about it because he just kept seemingly getting better and better as the season went along. Mm-hmm. But game number one, that, 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 hey, you don't have to do too much. Just find your guys. You're liter- you, you got playmakers mm-hmm. everywhere. Get them the ball. Things start out a little shaky against Seattle. Weather gets a little rocky. Hey, you've got playmakers everywhere. They've been here. Rely on them. Mm-hmm. And that's where, and that's where to me, and, and, and this isn't a part of the conversation, that to me is where Kyle Shanahan will be able to put a stamp on. You can give that award to whoever you want to. I did the best coaching job this year. Yeah. If they lose, and truthfully, I'm not sure that they're going to, but if they lose in this postseason, it's not going to be because of Brock Purdy. Mm-hmm. It's, man, I hope that's the case. Like, they did such a great job. You're not hiding, because I hate that word. That makes it like a, a shot at Jimmy G. But, like, they pretend- working around working around some of the, the, the limitations of Jimmy Garoppolo, mm-hmm. right? And and people see that as, as a knock on Jimmy, whatever. Like, well, you, you protect interpret them. It how you that's want. what you do. You, what? Prote- you protect them. You, you, exactly. You, you protect your players, and you, you highlight what they do best. Exactly. That's the essence of coaching, maximizing your skills, mm-hmm. minimizing mm-hmm. your flaws, and mm-hmm. then you can work on those things in the offseason or at a later date. But, like, I think about 49er football, there are moments in time where you do ask for that player to step up. Debo becomes a legend in the playoffs. Jeff Garcia, that one moment against the New York Giants in the second half coming back. Colin Kaepernick multiple times in the playoffs. Like, not one. Multiple times in the playoffs being a legend. Alex Smith's whole career was a dud. He had five minutes against the New Orleans Saints. Like, Brock could be awful for 40 minutes, and if he gives me three or four minutes at the end, will anyone give a darn? Like, I'm asking sincerely, guys. Like, But conversely... Like Jimmy Garoppolo, if you falter when we need you the most, like I know everyone, oh, he's got the leg up. It's this. We go listen. You go into the offseason with some sort of a devastating pick to end it. It can change things, not just for him, but internally, how he's viewed by fans, mm-hmm. things like that. I know there's the oh shucks, he's a third string quarterback. Guys, this is their best chance to win a Super Bowl. Mm. This, this, this is it. Look around the NFC. Kyle's got more pelts than anyone on the wall, not named Pete Carroll. Look at the quarterbacks. Like mm. I know Tom, Tom's Tom. I'm not diminishing. Jalen, he got zero wins in the playoffs. Kirk Cousins, one win in the playoffs. Like you don't have to go through Allen and Burrow and and Mahomes. Yeah. You got to face them yeah. in the Super Bowl. Hopefully, yeah. Yeah. this. I can't believe I'm here. They have to win at least one game. Like to me. Now, they have to win I, one. I, I'm with you. They they, they got to take care of business on Saturday, and I'm here to tell you guys this, okay? I got a healthy respect for Pete Carroll. I've been saying it all week. I got a healthy respect for the divisional rivalry that is the Seattle Seahawks and the 49ers. 
the big unknown that you can never predict is turnovers. You don't know who's going to fumble. You don't know tip pass and all this stuff. You don't know any of that's going to happen. There are Seahawks teams that absolutely could come into Levi's and win this game. This ain't one of them. If everything without turnovers, I'll tell you that. Yeah. I'll say that without turnovers, they can't beat the 49ers. They can't. Well, I, I, I don't, I, they, this isn't the team to do it. Their teams do it. Minnesota might be able to do it. You know, well, Justin Jefferson, but Seattle could destroy us. Seattle's not the team to do it. And here's the other thing that I do always want to say. I always come back to this. Niners are pretty damn good too. <laughs> the <laughs> Niners are pretty damn good too. And Seattle has to look at what they have on the roster and say. We got to go against those guys, mm-hmm. right? Like I think yeah. we forget about that sometimes. But, they got Seattle saying we got to go to the to the to the belly of the beast and beat the best defense in football. That's what they're facing. I, up I also, but I think they they can look at it differently. I I do think there's a, a psychological aspect to this where you just laid that out beautifully with what Seattle's looking at. Seattle, I and you know how much I hate this term. It's house money. It is. It is. They they, it is. they have so far exceeded as Butch laid out earlier everybody's expectations. They hear like yo y'all don't think we're gonna beat uh, San Francisco. We played them well the last time we saw them. Mm. We're gonna go out there and we're gonna play them well again. Well, Damien and Joe, it's gonna be a house ass whooping. That's what's gonna happen. I'm, I'm, <laughs> the, I'm, the Niners are covering. I'm I'll tell you Butch. that right now. I, I think I think I'm with Butch. I said it earlier in the week. It's gonna be close early, and the Niners will pull away. I think they're I'm covering. With Butch. Okay. I like 21-20, 21-18. Like, I think it's going to be like – I think it's going to be grinded. Here's the guy we haven't brought up, and he's – in my eyes, you could make an argument. CMC's the MVP. Mm-hmm. This is the other guy you could make an argument. Nick Bosa. Mm-hmm. What separates the truly great defensive players is doing it in the fourth quarter to close things out of tight games. Aaron Donald, fourth quarter NFC Championship game. What did he do to Jimmy Garoppolo? Just go back and watch. He dominated the O-line, forced Jimmy Garoppolo into a horrible interception, and just wrecked the game plan. Lawrence Taylor did this. Reggie White's done this. If you want to put yourself into that upper echelon of elite, elite, all-time playoff-type guys, Nick Bosa has to have dominant fourth quarter. He's the all-time playoff sack leader for the 49ers. That's an incredible sentence. That's crazy. (laughs) Always a pleasure, Butch. Butch, my guy, my surprise of the day, Butcher Boy Joe Shasky. Thank you, my brother. Niner gang, let's go. Dress like you're going into a hurricane. Let's do this. Revenge, a dish best served, rainy, wet, and cold. Let's go. I need all of that. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> i need one of those i, I just kidding okay I'm, I'm so sorry to the radio audience butch just turned around and the the, the, the back of his is the is the trophy bedazzled too yes I'll do oh it let's go i might i might get me one of them joints right there let's that's go. butcher boy joe let's shasky go. the morning roast on 95.7 the game in san francisco 